2: Nothing short of total world domination, led by this land known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious, not on my watch. Hey everybody,
3: and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe Podcast show. This is season five of Knowing Is Half the Podcast. We are watching G.I. Joe Extreme, episode three of season one. And I am Race Decanus.
2: You know, my favorite part of the show is when I uh um fake you out early on uh i'll either yes. talk to screw up your intro so you have to redo the intro yes and you, then that, you do like that a lot yes and then when you when i hear you take a deep breath and then pause waiting for me to you're trying to head fake me into screwing I up was. your intro that is correct and when you actually go after doing that um i smile and you can't see it uh on on the podcast <laughs> I sh- but no that most of the time when Ray is doing that, I'm smiling because I've messed with him uh, before the show that, that you don't get to hear. You audience people don't get to hear. Well, but often, just know.
3: often we put it at the end of the show after the credits. We put like 30 seconds of you or, you know, two minutes, uh, let's face it, 20 minutes of you <laughs> effing up my intros. You know, that's
4: <laughs> going to happen.
2: Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And sometimes, it like-
4: though, Sometimes you mess them up on your own.
2: Yeah, oh, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah that, that can't be helped. We don't put that at the end of the show. <laughs> we <laughs> leave it in the
3: show. <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm hey, Barbara who Clark are you Chan. people? Thank you. I'm Gina Bolito. And we are talking about point of honor, episode three of GI Joe Extreme, the first episode of G.I. Joe Extreme. We do not have the writer of the episode for. Uh, I honestly didn't see who the writer was for this episode. Bad job, me, but whoever Rick it was, Merwin. we didn't get him. Who is Rick it? Rick
4: Moranis.
3: Rick Moranis wrote this episode. Wow. Not what I said. Wow. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and writing G.I. Joe Extreme, Episode 3, Point of Order. Point of Honor. I mean, Point of Honor. I screwed it up already.
2: No, Law and Honor is what you're thinking of.
3: Well, we open up with...
2: Special Vehicles Union.
3: We open up with another live action intro. Guys, I really like these. Am I allowed to say that?
1: They
4: are, they 100% grew on me. I love how weird they are. And they feel like they, again, and I think I said this last time, they definitely feel like a sketch team gets to make an intro each time because they're very, they're unintentionally funny and weird. They are weird. They got they got actors who kind of
3: look like their cartoon equivalents, which I thought was also kind of interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, by interesting, you mean borderline racist? Then yeah.
3: How dare you? Wait a minute. What are you talking about, Chan? <laughs> look, you got uh, a quick strike, and you've got a uh, uh, was it Commander Stone? And I thought these two actors looked enough like the actual people they were supposed to be playing. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, they just need mm-hmm. to put them because because last week it was what whatever the chick's name is, which I already mayday. Forget mayday and they just put her in the same clothes and a wig it's fine yeah, like yeah. That, that's that's all they do it's it's again it's exactly like being on a sketch team and you put one of the people in your sketch team on the same clothes and a wig and say this is now the president <laughs> is i'm
2: just that saying what that, we do? you know what i guess thinking of it as a sketch show it it makes a little more sense the uh the portrayal of the uh jamaican question mark uh okay, guy fair. uh quick kick is his name is that yes. it? Uh, quick strike quick kick um nope. quick kick's the other guy he, uh it's it, it's so broad that i'm like
1: i don't know that i feel real great
2: about this like there's nothing wrong about it i'm just i guess i'm just waiting i'm bracing waiting for him to like bust out a spliff and just start going hey
4: man <laughs> welcome to jill man well the I will color say palette's am, different. I'm currently on uh Luke Cage season two, mm-hmm. which is uh uh you know set largely in the Jamaican community of Harlem. Oh. So so to me, this didn't this honestly didn't feel racist because I've been listening to nothing but Jamaican accents for about 13 episodes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but See? I will say that I think in, in the Luke Cage instance. I'm like 90% certain all those actors are actually Jamaican, (laughs) whereas I would wager this actor is probably not.
3: So what I hear you saying is G.I. Joe Extreme is authentic. (laughs) Uh... Again,
4: I'm choosing to look at it as you have a sketch team. (laughs) <laughs> no, I get big time CD-ROM
3: early '90s video game cutscene vibes from every single one of these.
4: Yeah, I, I mean the fact that they that they like have have a little like flying machine that's very clearly a toy, and that they're like against a backdrop. I loved it's it. All like real funny to me. Uh, it, it, not in like a oh my god this sucks way, but like in a oh yeah if I was at a sketch show and I saw this, I would be like holy crap this is amazing.
3: that's all you could ask for right that's all you could possibly (laughs) ask for now let's talk about the theme song really oh, in this opening scene by the way quick strike and mayday uh what are they like flying around or something and there was a big scene where quick strike's about to lead the mission and then stone shows up and says don't don't mess it up i'm watching you and quick strike's like all right and i'm like okay that was weird uh, and it gets explained later, but as far as a cold open goes, it was a little strange. Isn't Marty's he the guy CDs in the first here.
2: episode? They're like, uh, oh, he used to work for Claw or whatever. Okay, right. I
4: must have missed it because because I actually like uh, uh, for the most part found this episode boring. Uh, Not nothing, nothing particularly bad about it. I just think they they it's like three minutes of content in a twenty minute show. Yeah, no. but that was the one aspect that I found cool. Like someone, you know, someone working for the bad guy, seeing sort of the, the light and then moving to the good guys, but sort of always with that shadow of, is he really a good guy? Like, like this, I I thought this was cool. and, And this sort of backstory for this character made this character much more interesting to me.
3: I agree with that a thousand percent. I would say what I like, I liked the idea behind this episode. I thought the story was cool. I thought the idea of his character, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but having worked for the Iron Claw and having worked for Scar, and now he's a member of the Joe team and he's fighting against them for personal reasons, I felt like the story was very solid. I felt the storytelling was lacking. I felt like there was a way you could tell the story differently that would have had more impact than what they chose to end up doing.
4: Yeah. I mean, again, I thought it was a little bit boring, but ag- again, the personal reasons were also very cool. Like, cause yes. because I feel like we've seen in GI Joe, you know, someone who, who sort of switched sides, but this, this reason for him doing it and the, the sort of loadedness behind it, I thought was, was very compelling. It had a very X-Men feel to it to me.
3: Very much so. I I agree with that a thousand percent. You know, uh, and we'll we'll get into it as we get into it. But I do want to talk the about the
2: fact that he didn't turn into Blanco was a real disappointment to disappointing.
3: me. Disappointing. Yeah, I'll say that. You didn't and also unlike the iceberg go south episode, didn't turn into a giant whale or sea lion. Oh, so right, disappointing. Mm. Um, let's talk about the theme song though, because uh, we you know this on, is a pretty we get great there. theme song. Oh yes, Chan.
2: Uh, I just wanted to mention that these. Uh, uh, f- these intros these live action intros are so 1990s and i didn't really realize that there was sort of a signature look but i was absolutely convinced that um whoever shot this thing had just uh walked off from a job um shooting a gushers commercial
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. like
2: the <laughs> angles are like so extreme yes um you, yeah, part i was of what like what i
4: love about it
2: what is this all right, and and it really did feel like because it was live action, it felt like a commercial. They're about to sell me some sort of thing aimed at nine-year-olds.
3: Well, weirdly, Chan, it is,
2: so you got that going. <laughs> also, the dude looks like Tim Daly. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, I was like,
4: Oh, interesting. Is that
2: the Is that the guy from Wings? What the hell? <laughs> I thought
4: that guy was hunky.
2: Uh, he was kind of. Also- yeah, you also, uh, you know, uh, um, you know what? No, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, we're done there. You know, yeah, I was, I was, I was, honestly, honestly, I almost said Jill off, and then I was like, man, who uses Jill off? Then I was <laughs> I like, I haven't heard Jill the- off in like ten years, right? Oh right? God. And then I was like, why would I say that? What? <laughs> why did that term pop into my head? Jen, like, and there's. Then the- but then the thought of like saying like oh you masturbate to Tony Schiavone or whatever I was like this I joke like isn't you really talk worth yourself it and out that... of
4: a in it joke
2: yeah 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 I don't wow, know Chan, where it was Chan this is growth <laughs>
4: it's... or or like yes. getting old like I'm so old I don't even bother to make Jack in it jokes anymore
2: that's basically what it was <laughs> Chan look if there's if there's
3: one thing I've learned from being on this show it's if you have any random thought at all don't keep it in. No matter how terrible it's going to sound out of your mouth, I just like, go with it and let's and let's and let's explore. Let's I like explore the idea. That this ourselves. is
4: when Chan became or Chan realized he was middle aged.
3: This is it. <laughs> this was the moment. He's like, I
4: I used to be young once, but then one day I was recording a podcast about '90s GI Joe, and I didn't go for the. Gina flicking her bean joke, and I knew, (laughs) I knew that my life was halfway over.
2: Is flicking her bean what I should have gone with? Is that the reference that you most would have?
4: So many options. The (laughs) fact that you didn't even go for any of them, like, (laughs) is truly a sad day, sir.
2: I mean, I, I literally thought about. I was like, why am I even doing this? This is just (laughs) like, there's ten. I have, I have made so many masturbation jokes, and like, just, (laughs) I'm just done. I've, I've. I've said all of the ones that I have. I have wow. everyone is born with a pouch of masturbation jokes and like at some point you just use them up. You're like, "Okay, no. I'm going to lay down this b- satchel and I'm going to walk into the sunset."
4: No, see, I'm the Hermione Granger of masturbation jokes. I've got a I've got a sack that I m- filled with them that I made giant.
2: Uh, okay, wait a minute. Okay. Okay, weirdly, <laughs> while you were going off to pee, was it? At some point uh, I it's was my like,
4: contact lens.
2: right, that's I'm sure right, that's no, what you no said. No one believes you, Gina. <laughs> I was like, Gina's got a time turner. And we riffed about that for a, a, for whatever. Uh, so it's weird that you bring up Hermione Granger. Second, what? <laughs> How is that? Hermione Granger? She doesn't have a sack that she made huge.
4: Yes, she does. She has. She has. She's very much uh, uh, like Mary Poppins in that when they go In book four, when they go to the Quidditch World Cup, she has a purse that she, like, inside, she put an an enlargement charm on. So she just has a shit ton of stuff in there. And then when they're on the run, she's like, I need to to bring my purse with me. I need to keep my purse with me because she has, like, an entire tent in there.
2: No, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm not talking about a bag of holding i'm talking about a giant bag there are two different things it's like saying the tardis is you know like a a, a a giant police booth it's not it's bigger on the inside yes but it's just a police booth outside and if you say otherwise no. you're just wrong
4: you could fill that you could fill the tardis with a bunch of jack and it jokes like if you if someone said to me hey pick something, you can fill it with jack it jokes, but then once it's empty, you don't get more jack it jokes. I would be like, cool, I'm going to pick the TARDIS because I could never go through all those jack it jokes.
2: I mean, you do have to make room for the pool. <laughs> so now, You know, no. I, I
4: could put some jack it jokes in the deep end of the pool. You can't get jack it
2: jokes wet, Gina. What are you doing?
4: Are you not allowed to get them wet? I'll put them Gina. in a little Ziploc baggie.
2: No one is allowed to get you wet. That's oh, the problem. No, I,
4: I am a gremlin.
2: Why? <laughs> no, oh that no goodness. that that was a vaginal lubrication joke. That I do still have. It's a small box. It's oh, not a gremlin. A is small what, box I call, of...
4: what I call my vagina.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, that
3: makes sense then. Because it messes with machines, and you can't feed it after midnight. <laughs>
4: Messes with machines.
2: That's what gremlins do. They, they, they fuck with machinery. Yeah, Ray is combining World War no, II gremlins. I, with yeah, I get it. Creatures. I don't like oh, it. Wait a minute. No, no, gremlins I agree. in
3: the movie. Remember when they mess with the, the 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 sitting chair that goes up the stairs and it flings grandma out the window? That's because they mess with machines. Am no, I the only that's one who speaks?
4: That is the only thing in they're known any for. Any movie does something like that. That's no, not what they're known for. It's not one of their rules. Like you combined a rule with a with an anecdote about them
3: it's the two things about gremlin other than getting them wet i know three things about gremlins and i just named the two that you didn't
4: no
2: Uh don't get them wet don't feed them after midnight and don't let them near appliances or (laughs) world war ii airplanes because (laughs) they will mess them up
3: thank you that is exactly (laughs) true now guys people at home right now you know you know what gremlins are Hit me up with hashtag. That's what gremlins are, or oh, hashtag. Come is, on, Ray. That That's not what gremlins not, are at all.
4: That is never. That is not a rule of gremlins. There are that there is are a rules of gremlins. of gremlins. You can't expose them to to a lot of light. You can't feed them after midnight. You can't get them wet. It is not, there is no rule about like, and don't let them near machines. No, because
3: that's, but okay. The three, that's how like their life and death cycle works and their weaknesses and whatnot. But the thing they do when they're alive is mess with machines. Everybody knows the, that's that. That's
4: not the thing that they do. Like that's a thing that some of them do, but that's like saying, oh, well, you know, kids, kids are known for messing with machines. Like, sure. sure. No, That's not even close Sometimes to being Sometimes kids do that. And some kids do that? Just and like sometimes
3: the- a gremlin will do that? Look, when William Shatner looked out the window of his airplane and he saw a gremlin on the wing, Ugh. his thoughts were not, ooh. Uh, it's no problem because gremlins don't mess with machines. No, His this is now you are
4: proving Chan correct when he said you're combining two different kinds of gremlins.
3: There is only one type of gremlin that particular movie just expounded upon their life and death cycle. That this is, is the hill I plan on true. dying on today. Not
4: true.
2: Uh, here's the thing. Uh, Ray's partially correct in that. uh there is a life cycle to Gremlins. They start out as mugwai. They become those uh, scary green creatures, and eventually they become uh, the AMC Gremlin, um, which is a car,
1: nineteen seventy two
2: AMC Gremlin, mm-hmm. and um, then that's that's it. So go ahead and uh, hashtag Gremlin as a car and send that to Ray, <laughs> and then send pictures of Gremlins and say, I don't understand. Am I not allowed to get this wet? Can I not gas it up after midnight? And and if he says like that's not what a gremlin is, then just 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 do what uh, Gina and I do and just stare at him, <laughs> just stare.
3: Which is crazy because this is an audio medium, and they just stare at me, and I know it.
2: Yeah, that's what and I'm saying. I know yeah, it. You that's can
4: feel I'm...
3: it. Mm-hmm. It's true, guys. I do want to talk about the theme song before the end of the episode.
2: <laughs> mm, I don't want to play We're the
3: theme song. We're three episodes in. Before the end of this episode, Gina. and no, I'm the
4: saying end. I'm saying we haven't talked about the theme song enough.
3: Not well. Here's the: you know, there was one line in the theme song that was referenced before we started recording that I wanted to bring light to, because every single time I've heard it of the three times, is they say, you know, the you, the odds against GI Joe are a million to one, and then one of the Joe shouts out, and that's how we like it. Yep. And Mm -hmm. in my mind, I would think you'd want better odds. Just in general, I think you would like to have better odds than a million to one. No, not if
4: you're an adrenaline junkie. Not if you're an adrenaline junkie. But toxic masculinity
2: doesn't understand probability.
4: Okay.
3: I can go with that. I can go with that. I just—it's just such a weird line, and I understand in the concept of things in the '90s and things that are extreme why they go with that particular viewpoint and line. It's not
4: even a—it's—it's it's not even a uh, line from the '90s. I guarantee you, if you look at old westerns, <clears throat> excuse me, old westerns—that's—that's that's like a uh, an old western or an old spy movie thing. Uh, I, I'm I'm mentioning this because I just rewatched mission impossible and it seems very much like a one of those oceans 11 mission Impossible type of lines okay so this is not the first time this has been introduced to society
3: no i just feel like this particular you the, the fact that this is the way they like it as opposed to it's a million and one but we're going to get through it it's it's a million and one that's how i prefer it that to me speaks to more to the 90s extreme culture is that fair uh, they're I staring mean, at me again, guys. They're staring at me. I <laughs> can feel it.
2: Yeah, the entire audience is like, "Can we go back to that talk about the gremlins? Because that <laughs> made <laughs> no sense." But at least boring. you know they had some energy behind it. They were like feeling it, you know. It's <laughs> like,
3: yeah, the times, the times when we absolutely violently disagree with each other. That's really when the show comes alive. <laughs> Not when they're getting along. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. Okay. So uh, this episode opens up and uh quick strike is flying in to this mission and he loses communication uh, with the home base. It looks like they're in the Alps or some sort of, you know, snowy mountainous terrain. And quick strike is leading this mission.
2: I feel and- like because their Island moves around any geological formation in the show is that. now mobile. It just I forgot
4: yeah. about that. That's a cool oh. plot point.
3: I like it. Thanks, Julia. Uh, <laughs> um and and so basically they, they found this uh abandoned uh a uh, missile bunker silo thing and they're going to go check from, it out
2: from the regime that is no longer in power yeah it's a uh, former the, cobra base is what former is what they're trying regime to say. uh which is real weird why they're not allowed to say the soviet union
3: oh is that what they're Do, saying i just assume wait,
2: they meant cobra you, what
4: I, Why? I I assume that it's the it's the whatever uh uh villain they they are referencing in the whole show of this evil org- this evil organization took charge and then blah 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 blah.
3: Yeah, I mean, to my understanding, the whole idea of the show is that Cobra fell and there is no more Cobra, and then a bunch of smaller you know, local groups sort of took over and filled that void of committing evil acts of terrorism. And then Ironclaw Scar is like banding them all together. Like, you know, like, like, uh, uh, like Mordor, you know, and he's bringing all together, all the crews to kind of under his will to form like one larger organization that is still splintered and fractured because at the end of the day, they are all independent contractors of evil.
4: Yeah. That's Ah. also what I thought.
2: Do none of you remember the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1991?
4: That's not, yeah, but that's not what the they're here.
2: The end of the Cold War?
4: Here. Wasn't that but
2: 1989, Chan? Boom. One of the things, uh, it wasn't 89. But here's the thing it? in the Jesus pilot Christ.
4: of this uh, show, yes. they, they 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 reference. Uh-huh. like... Chan,
3: I think we need to hear the entire theme song. I think that's where we're basically at right now, Chan. You tried no. to avoid it, but here we are. No, Let's no, hear no, it. no, 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 no. Giacho Extreme <laughs> Uh
2: it's in fact what they say is with a Joe with a collapse of a former superpower cobra, with the collapse of a former superpower cobra since it's the early 90s that would be the union of soviet socialist republics aka the USSR Interesting. because we have been in a cold war for the past uh 50 almost 50 years
4: Oh, and, and except the thing is, except place. here's the thing. It's not set. It's set in 2006. The show is set in 2006. A boom. So it's not. It's so that's why it's not. Uh. uh and I'm looking at. Yeah, there's, they say a former superpower has collapsed with several factions. So that's why they're not specifying it. Because yeah, it's not
3: like well, chance your logic. If I made Gina, if Russia collapsed, these factions would be like Urzikstan, Kazakhstan, estonia but that's not who we're fighting we're fighting individual cells of terrorists all around the world implying that it's not a a, a one place but it's more of an idea that collapsed right yeah no,
2: none of the terrorists aren't uh, themselves russian but things like this base full of uh, um nuclear missiles that are just sitting there it was very much a concern with the collapse of the soviet union that there'd be a whole bunch of like shit that people could uh, uh, just pick up
4: Yeah, but they're not, they're not, because it's said in the future, they're not. Actually, I think we might all be right here because in the Wikipedia page it says operates in a post Cold Cold War world, wracked by chaos and carnage and battling against both Scar and independent mercenaries.
2: Mm -hmm. Iron Claw is the former count of an Eastern European country.
4: Yeah, I think they're keeping it I think I think it's not like they're not allowed to say it. I think they're keeping it vague because it's far enough it's it's set far enough in the future that who knows what superpower would be, but I think also it's it's all also right. supposed to sort of be like a cobra thing. Like That's it's fair. like all, all of these all of these bad guys and oh. then Claw is is there's a vacuum formed that he's trying to he's trying to step into.
2: Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll buy that. You know what?
3: I'm I'm fine with all of the above. Um, I also appreciate that we're almost halfway through this episode and we're still on the opening scene.
4: Well, there's not yeah. much to the episode. Yeah, so. thankfully
3: the second half gets very thin. So, um, okay, so uh, they talk about how cold it is and they're checking this bunker. So, Scar, this is this is a moment that I liked, and this is the part of the villain character of uh of Scar and the Iron Claw that I enjoyed. Is that in his alter ego as this Baron, he receives this urgent message warning him of this abandoned missile base and says, "You'll oh, be careful, uh, you know. You don't want to be me messing around with that." But little does the communication know that they're actually talking to the Iron Claw, who then turns around and tells all of his people, "Yo, Inferno, welcome back. Check out that base. Get me some gosh darn missiles."
4: Yeah. So Inferno is is like literally just a differently designed metalhead right
3: okay this is what i my uh, quest i had questions about this and so thank you for mentioning
2: yeah he is halfway between metalhead and cobra commander uh yeah, because i think he, the the voice uh is is like they told him to crank it up so that he was you know
4: yeah yeah but like lines wise like if you just read his lines on paper the way that like the way that scar gets him on board is he's basically like there there's missiles and he's like cool bang and it's and, yeah. and it's like legitimately just like dialogue that could have been lifted straight from metalhead and cobra commander convincing metalhead to go on a mission because he's like there will be new toys there and he's giving me a lot of the same like like when when i used to say like metalhead was giving me a trash can man from the stand vibes Yeah. Oh, trash can yeah, tra- Trash can't right. change. Trash can't change. Trash. Uh, but, but yeah, like the fact that they give him a bang in here. Like yeah, I that was, was like, weird. Oh, they're not even trying well, to. okay pretend so in the
3: last episode he was also the main villain but i got much much different vibe from him and maybe he's just written totally differently but in the previous episode i just saw him as a very competent mercenary kind of leader that you would send in on a job that you need to get done because he was very effective he basically got everything done he needed to get done and they put him in this particular um uh, mission and he's generally successful again but his attitude seems to be much more silly and like to what you said Gina shouting bang and shouting how excited he is when explosions happen and I don't remember that from the previous episode so I'm just wondering if just the different writers are just doing totally different things with the character and we just have to accept it
4: I mean it honestly feels like they picked up an old script and it was metal headlines like that was how I felt All right. okay
2: there's an interesting line here in the Wikipedia that says Inferno grew up as the adopted son of a poor single mother who worked as a maid while his two brothers, miles and Fredwick bullied him at his, at an early age, um, which smacks of abuse and like sort of arresting his development at that young age. Uh Um, which is, uh, yeah, it, it makes sense for this portrayal of, um, inferno i don't remember i thought kind of the same thing was like wasn't he like way more competent last time and i don't remember if i was confusing him with rampage who was the guy with the arms manufacturer or the
3: same dude it was the same dude and that's what was a little bit yeah it's just Hmm. two different takes on the same character and i just wonder if like the, the show bible wasn't written that thoroughly for him or something i don't know Yeah, uh, maybe by the
2: third episode, they realized like, oh, you know what? We should have this kind of character to differentiate.
4: Yeah, they were like, hey, have you seen the previous iteration? Just copy Metalhead. Well, it's a
3: bummer because with the more serious kind of tone to this show compared to Deke era, I want less goofy villains. I want G.I. Joe to face actual threats. And in last episode, Inferno was an actual threat. And here he was much more of a joke.
2: Well, and having, I didn't, I didn't ha- like that. Having an unhinged character, an unhinged villain is good. That's fine. Um, but and that's if probably, You're probably just, because the thing is, he was pretty competent in this. So you're probably just okay. yeah. having a hangover from uh, Deke era when you're like, uh-oh, this is going to get real dumb real fast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe. And it might still, we don't know. We're only on episode three.
3: I mean, true. We still, we have 23 episodes to go after this one. So it,
2: it, it might be fine, but it might get real bad.
3: We'll find out, I guess. Um, so uh, a cool thing here is that a uh, quick, stri- and, and again, this is where I think that the storytelling of this episode uh, came up a little bit short because everybody is suspicious of quick strike this whole episode. I think you without- mean quick kick. I do not.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: and Everybody's suspicious of him, but he doesn't really give them a reason to be. You know, I just, I guess I feel like if we, if this thing had opened up, with like a little scene, a little vignette of Quick Strike like working for the Iron Claw, and like opened with that, so it's like fresher in our minds. And and then and quit and maybe Quick Strike's acting a little more squirrely, like so when things are sort of happening instead of just looking everybody straight in the eye and being like, "I'm on your side."
4: No, I'm on your side. no, Stop I questioning prefer- me. The, what you just described is hacky. Oh, okay. I prefer the fact that it's just because this is how real this is how real life would be. Like, think of it. If you if there was if you had a nemesis and like all of a sudden they they started being nice to you or they just switched allegiances, you would always be a little bit, no matter what they did. In the back of your mind, you'd be like, Yeah, but remember those like five years where they they weren't on my side. I can't forget that that easily. I so guess maybe I just would have wanted a
3: reference, just a reference because they don't even reference why they're, why they don't trust him. You know? I mean, here's
2: the thing. They did bring it up in the first episode. They said, clearly he, uh, I need a sure. guy I can depend on, not a mercenary. Uh, then uh, uh, uh quick kick says, uh, God damn uh, iron claws, a common enemy. So like, yeah, like sometimes, you know what? They're not going to spoon feed it to you.
4: Yeah, I, and, I which I appreciate. I'm going to yeah. be honest. I appreciate no. it. It doesn't give me dumb previously
2: it
3: down. on, and then let me watch 30 seconds of what I need to remember to get you into know, this episode. God. No. I need it.
4: Ray was confused, just like with a Legion. Yeah, confused Legion's by a, a very Why
3: is there a Bollywood number? It makes no sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. GI Joe will return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsy, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America vs. Darth Vader, Solid Snake vs. the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop vs. Terminator, and even The Muppets vs. Sesame Street. That one was Crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com/purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Now I will crush GI Joe's Tiger Force. My Python
0: experiment will make Cobra invincible. Python patrol, Python. The evil new
2: goal, But nobody means G.I. Joe Python Patrol Vehicles and figures Sold separately
3: Attack Joe Now back to G.I. Joe
4: uh, uh, There's okay. a line in here Yes A good little
3: pun
2: Oh, uh, I, I know what you're going <laughs> to say And I'm, I think we're all On the same
3: page for it can, Chan can we just play it
2: Yes Yes, we can.
1: Without it, the missiles can't be launched.
4: Like they say, no such thing as a free lunch.
2: <laughs> That's solid. God damn it's it. good. No, no. God well, damn it. And
4: also, it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't think kids know the phrase. I don't know if they know the phrase, there's no such thing as a free lunch. No. So I appreciate that they just went for it. That that line was put into
3: this episode so that 25 years later, when someone did a podcast about it, we would enjoy it. That's the only reason I can explain why this line would be in there.
4: I'm I'm like I'm ninety percent certain that this was like in that they were in the writer's room and someone was saying, like, oh, okay, and there's a problem, like something can't launch, and just one of the writers was like, Yeah, no such thing as a free launch, and everyone just laughed and they are like, uh, so stupid let's put it in <laughs>
3: let's put it in uh, it, i love
4: it i love it they great. put it in i love that that's in a kid's cartoon and kids <laughs> probably didn't even didn't even bat an eyelash over it
3: <laughs> uh, well mm-hmm. quick strike has taken he's taken a launch module so he finds like apparently like the little chip or whatever that allows you to shoot the missiles that uh that you need in order for this base to work i don't know how that works scientifically but that's how we've decided to play this out this point Uh, Inferno attacks the entire base and intelligently blows up all the vehicles in order to trap the Joes on the base. This displays a high level of confidence because if this was Deke era, he would just start shooting randomly at the trees around the base and Joes would just jump in the vehicle and kick his ass. Yep. So, I was, I would look, I like it. I like it when people do smart things. I really like it when villains do smart things and I have to take them seriously as a threat. That is just, it's like, and maybe, you know, the starving man doesn't complain about the sandwich he's given, but like after two, two seasons of Deke, anytime I see an actual smart thing done by a villain, I like, I, I like, I kind of grab grab my chest. And I'm like, oh, oh, ho, 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 let's go. <laughs> um So, Mayday gets hurt again. So that's two out of two straight episodes. <sighs> yeah. Mayday gets herself injured and 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 kind of knocked out of combat. But in the first episode, she kicks everybody's ass. So, like, what's the deal with this character, Chan? Uh,
2: we better not be seeing more of that shit, because I absolutely noticed that and I was like, Oh, is that just like okay, she can be competent, but she is going to be still be uh uh weak because she is a woman and injured every single time. So I'm I'm keeping a real sharp eye on that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of the equivalent of just like having a character in a string where like they're a super good marksman. They're really good and they never miss. But then every single episode, you know, something happens to their eyes that fucks them up. And it's just <laughs> like, would you just let the character do what they can do? You don't need to hobble them every single chance that you get. It gets annoying after a while. So let's keep an eye on that going forward is the Mayday injury tracker. Right now we're (laughs) in two out of three episodes and let's see how that ends up playing. Uh, Joe's end up getting repelled. I thought this was kind of cool too. Inferno, once again, competent, even though he's weirder in this episode and unhinged, he's able to kick the Joe's out of the base through this quality maneuvering. And I, again, I like that a lot.
2: Did you read a note that you wrote that said GI Joe's repel? uh meaning that they repelled down the mountain or did you actually write that they were repelled from the base
3: i wrote the actual word repelled because this is before and then when i when it came time for them actually to do some repelling i just wrote climb good so (laughs) this tracks
2: fair all right yeah yeah
3: But uh, they get boxed in, and they get kind of stuck against the side of the mountain, and the evil forces are coming in on them. And if I remember correctly, this is where we hit a commercial break.
2: And we're back. Oh, did you just do a commercial break? I
3: did. A a wizard. A wizard with the commercial transition.
4: Okay. I thought I was like, oh, uh, uh, while you're watching this, there was a commercial in it? Well,
3: also, yes, this is where they would have cut to commercial and come back, as we just did, through the magic of podcast land.
2: Is that a magic sound to you?
3: (laughs) It's it's not a magic sound to you? No. So G.I. Joe is boxed into this area, and of course, what do they do? They rappel up the mountain. (laughs) Ha ha ha. And this is when Iron Claw, they get to the top of the mountain. Iron Claw shows up at the base, basically being like, yo, you got it. Show me what's up. At this point, a memory kicks in that I wasn't ready for. I actually had to go back and rewind it because I thought I just missed something. <laughs> and and I didn't. I just blinked while they did the little hazy thing. Yep. And then they cut to the memory. And it was kind of cool. Quick, uh, quick strike was an asset to scar before.
2: <laughs> Almost there. Almost there. Mm,
3: You're not gonna and he decides to leave his leave what they're doing. He takes the actual command module and he goes, I'm gonna go kick that guy's ass. And I was like, I get it. So he 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 jumps back down the mountain again and he fights his way to get into where these bad guys are. Kind of interesting. And they don't really give you a lot of information, but they show another guy who's like getting a procedure done, and it's obvious he has some sort of a connection to quick strike.
2: Because they're both black.
3: Well, that's not what I was trying to say. And they're the only
2: two black people in the show that will ever be seen.
3: <laughs> I guess that's true as well. <laughs> we don't know that. We, But in, we do know that, Gina.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like when you're watching uh, Star Wars and uh, uh, they're like, you have a sister like Leia. What? How would you do? There's an entire galaxy of women, but of course, there was only ever one woman who was ever in any of the Star Wars things. That's true. So, like, yeah, well, obviously.
3: There you go. And so we get a, kind of a fuzzy memory of him just, like, fighting the dude, and we're not sure what's going on. And he's obviously going against the wishes of Claw, and the whole thing got weird and messed up. Okay. So cut on back over here everybody starts asking well and again i just i didn't feel this plot point i didn't feel like they pr- and gina disagrees but i didn't feel I like they were presenting disagree. this, this plot i think it's point fantastic well
2: because not even not just that but when we see this flashback we don't have context yeah all correct. it establishes like is that, that uh the like uh okay yeah he's he's mad at claw and then they go back to it and then they show us the context and i'm like wow that is pretty, pretty sophisticated for a show of this kind. So. Yeah.
3: Well, everybody's asking what what it is Quick Strike going back to fight claw, or is he going back to give him the uh, module? And it, i don't know. In my head there was no drama there. <laughs> and maybe I'm just too sophisticated. But not, I just I, I wasn't not sophisticated I wasn't feeling that. It
4: is not the right word.
3: Oh, what was the what's the right word?
4: You have the mind of a child. No, that's true. But my mind of a
3: child was not fooled by this whatsoever. Uh, and 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 also I have childlike joy, but I don't. So what's what's wrong
2: with that? Yeah, okay, I so <laughs> uh, I will say I was uh, I was like wh- when he goes uh, down the hill immediately afterwards, right? He's got this grappling hook. He's like Psh-psh-psh. and he's like going between peaks and like and like flying all the place. I'm like. Motherfucker, why don't you just climb to the top of the mountain with that fancy-ass grappling hook of yours, radio, and then come back down? You know, Making Mayday, like, climb all over the place with a busted-ass <laughs> ankle. And like, yeah. You gotta hurry up. We gotta get to the top. Of the- you had a th- you had a fucking elevator. She's like, why don't you find a gla- glacier with an elevator? He had a goddamn elevator because he got down real fast. Well, to be fair, in two things.
3: One, he should have given it to her just outright and mm-hmm. said, you use this. I'll find my own way. You're injured, dick. And second thing, he did fall roughly 50 stories at one point. If we watch the animation, he did drop <laughs> a long part of this mountain to no problem whatsoever. He's a superhero. Uh, at this point, the G.I. Joe reserves are coming in. We get the little reserve troops. They rolled their they rolled their uh, uh, four plus, and now they're coming into the match, flying in off the side of the board. Was oh, that wow. a risk joke? That's a Warhammer 40,000 joke. Thank oh, you see. so much. And so they end up dropping in, and then there's a big old fight that happens. Now I found, and this is maybe to what Gina was saying, I found most of the fights pretty unmemorable. Yeah. It was just a lot of blowing up machines, blowing up vehicles, not a lot of peril, not a lot of back and forth, a lot of robots a lot of getting blown up, stuff happening, but none of it really had any impact on me. You know, yeah, that's, to that's...
4: me, to me, it felt like if this, like this, could have been a cool ass episode if they just didn't really have fighting in it until like the end. And I get that they can't do that because it's a cartoon for kids. Sure. And they need it to be fighting. But like, I would much rather see that sort of psychological experiment of there's this guy here who, who has a lot of baggage because this, this dude sort of did terrible things to him and his brother and, and, so he's, he's gonna go back, but he's also going to sort of be manipulated by this evil genius. And yeah. like, that's the shit that was interesting. And then, th- but they know that like kids aren't going to watch that. So they're like, all right, yeah, let's like throw in some, some what felt like very arbitrary, you know, like action scenes that, yeah. that, that, that just had me being like, oh, all right, get back to that interesting stuff. Like what happened to his brother?
3: Yeah, I, I've broken down like a lot of action scenes uh, from like movies and stuff, and what works is when you have, you know, essentially at least one, hopefully two sides or characters with specific points of view. You see kind of you, you get a handle of what the battlefield looks like and who all's combating and like what advantages they have over the other. And then you kind of see it play out. And the really good fight scenes sort of take that where you understand the stakes. You understand sort of exactly what's what's in play. And you do that. And and where it where action scene fails it's kind of a Michael Bay thing a lot of the time is you just have one person who's going from A to B and it's a pretty nebulous distance between A and B and just things pop up in front of them and, and then they destroy them. And that's pretty much exactly what happened here as we're watching Quick Strike just go through and it's just one robot will be there and he'll destroy it. There's really no peril. There's no back and forth. They'll, and you don't even know how many robots there are. And this is where sort of these action scenes fell down for me is they weren't very well defined. So it was just one person facing really no, no pressure, just going through and taking everybody out. And it, you know, and it, there's just no sense of fun that way to me, unless all you care about is cartoon explosions, which there's a market for that
1: too.
2: Yeah. Like that. I'm, I'm not going to come down on the creators of the show for that because, uh, uh, a, a young boy is, it is only in it for robots and explosions and the, th- the kind of thing you're talking about is something that takes real dedicated artists and craftsmen sure. long time to create and to, mm-hmm. you know, like they would actually have to model out that space and then like create, you know, like a, a create a choreography for all that. And like, it would like what I like to see it. Sure. Would it be 100% wasted on the audience that it was going to? Yes.
3: I mean, that's fair. I, I guess in my mind, have the action, have a point instead of just be there to be action. Right. And, and I think they could have done, I think they could have just slightly done a better job with that. At least show me like, okay, there's, you know, four robots that I have to get through and then watch him systematically go through all four of them. At least that gives me something to build on and sort of heighten as you're going through it. Or have a situation where Iron Claw might get away at a moment. So if any of these particular enemies slow him down for any period of time, there's stakes. There's, he might miss out on something. Like any of that is really easy to add or do in the scene and just none of it happens is that fair yeah. Yeah. maybe i'm asking too much uh this is where we get back to the uh the uh flashback though and the flashback we find out that the other guy that he was fighting in the previous scene was quick strikes brother he was a very uh, let's go oh for is it. his
2: name quick kick is that what i'm getting him confused? i will
3: i will throw something
2: which one has the ninja stars on him is that that's storm shadow oh okay my bad
3: uh, so he had a, he had a super soldier procedure done. Now this is cool. So quick strikes brother was really into joining scar and he was really into iron claw and quick strike was just sort of along for the ride because his brother was into it and kind of roped him into it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Qu- and his brother f- signed up for a captain America style, super soldier procedure to become literally, they say here a super soldier mm-hmm. and, and he ends the, the process ends up going wrong and he ends up like almost dying, or maybe he does die as a direct result of this. But Quick Strike has to end up fighting him and is really, really angry at Claw because he's trying to save his brother's life from this experiment gone wrong. And it's a very legitimate reason for him to be enemies with Iron Claw at a very emotional, personal level.
4: Yeah, I dug it. Uh, but also, do we know, do we find out what happened to his brother?
3: I, we don't, I think no. it's assumed that he's, that he's dead.
2: It's,
4: I feel it's like definitely that's assumed. assumed, but it's, it also, it's weird. Cause it they, feels like
2: he could come back as, yeah, some sort that, of that's, later. What, that's what sure. I was thinking.
4: Cause they do like a cutaway twice where it's like, he's, he looks like he's going to shoot his brother, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they sort of like cut away at just the right point where it looks like quick kick is gonna, you know, kill him.
3: But then the gun does go off and it blows up an explosive canister, which explodes the room that they're in, which then could lead to any one of a number of outcomes that they have not told us what happened.
4: Yeah. Especially because two of the three people in there we know are alive. At least. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, So, but, but yeah, it would that. And, and also if it, Here's the thing. If it does lead to something in a future episode, I love this. I love the fact that it's not resolved. If it's just, they're never going to touch on it again. Then, then it's like crappy, crappy writing, but I'm I'm going off of the assumption now that at some point down the line, we're either going to see his brother come back or his brother's going to be a weird, like super soldier, uh, uh, you know, like half man, half cyborg. That would be cool. Like Mike Peterson from agents of shield or some shit. And he's going to be like, oh, my God, you're all like a fucked up robot now. Like, you got it. You can still be good. I'm going to love that. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's wondering
2: fair. if it was something that maybe Buzz had written in, uh, like, this is what's going to happen, you know, during this season, uh, at, in which case it may or may not actually happen, but it may have been intended to happen.
4: Yeah. yeah that,
3: that if tracks. they were to come back later and you find out that the brother's dead, I will also feel equally paid off, though you know? Yeah. As At long, as, it's, as, long
4: as there's some something, as long as there's some something, uh, uh, if, if it's like he has a flashback and he's like, yeah, then he died. Or if the brother comes back something, but if it's never mentioned again, then I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah.
3: You know, it's, it's Chekhov's brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So this is the part where I sort of just like, I felt like I wasn't following exactly what was happening. So infer, there's a bunch of bombs in the bunker or something. and, and, uh, they end up. He ends up giving the device to Iron Claw, but then there's a bunch of bombs set up that like end up triggering an avalanche. So before uh, the missiles no. can get fired, no. damn, nope. what
4: guys, I really I had a hard Jesus time with Ray. this, and I didn't want to rewind it, it again. Ray, it's not that complicated.
3: It's a little complicated. No, this is it's like, like not Legion season all, two. This is
4: a cartoon for children, Ray. <laughs> Well,
3: please can you guys tell me what happened then? Because I have only have these fragmented uh. ideas, and I don't know how it all fits together. I did get a little lost here. Uh. They're staring at me
1: again.
4: You didn't notice that there? There's a point where when it's like when it's getting ready to do the thing, it basically said like structure, uh, 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 structurally unsound. Yeah, because of the avalanche.
2: No, dude, guy comes busting in. Uh, one of the GI Joes to break it all up. Uh, they, uh, uh, claw grabs the, uh, module and gets away with it. Um, right. It was kind of bullshit because at that point he was like, uh, Hey, it's okay. Uh, I heard everything. Uh, so he knows now that, uh, uh quick kick wasn't going to turn oh, on, right. turn on them. Uh, I but also that. it says that he could have jumped in at any point here, killed iron claw or in some way disabled them so that they didn't get a hold of the targeting module, but uh, he was too busy uh, eavesdropping because oh, he was letting or some him shit. get out
4: his baggage. He was letting him get out his baggage.
2: Oh, so we're doing therapy now in the yeah, middle of a fight? if you interrupt
4: that moment and, like, kill the guy, then Quick Kick is going to be like, hey, man, I was Quick just strike. about to have a breakthrough. Quick Strike. Red Stripe is like, God hey, man, I man. was just about to have a breakthrough and you busted in. <laughs>
3: I mean, that's fair. That's fair.
4: So
2: uh, the, and then and then uh, yeah, the launch sequence commences, uh, and then uh, we we see. Interestingly, they do the um, countdown like in a real rhythmic way. Oh yeah, uh, and they break it up with like the sequence where they go where he goes to set off an avalanche to prevent the missiles from launching. Okay. And that was the thing that you. So I got recall. it like
3: half right.
2: You got the children's
3: cartoon. Nothing. <laughs> I feel like I got the majority of that correct, and I will give myself full credit. Thank you. Now, a, an interesting moment happens where Quick Strike ends up jumping from the top of you know the mountain, and he ends up landing uh, like like in a helicopter, which I thought was a that's a move right there. If you can pull that off,
2: yeah. Here's the thing: like, I, I, am I glad that they did this sort of uh, interesting uh, editing situation where they you know told the story over the countdown? I am. Am I real disappointed with the actual execution of it because it was real choppy and and was not that great? Yes, I am.
3: The other thing is he has these grappling hooks, so why not let him get under the helicopter and shoot up to get into it rather than just have him just drop into grappling? He grabs the landing gear of the helicopter, which means he would have almost assuredly have to go through the blades to do it.
2: Uh, Real quick, I don't know what just happened over in Gina's house. (laughs) I think possibly raccoons broke in. Uh-oh. possibly a, a, it's a home invasion <laughs> at first i thought gina was saying jesus about you ray and but then i connected up with a loud clanging in the background i'm like uh-oh <laughs> something wrong i hope gina's got a 30-06 just in case <laughs> protect yourself from coyotes
3: oh i just assumed i was talking too much and gina got bored and made a souffle <laughs> i just also viable also viable. no nobody's
2: gonna make a souffle around you ray because they will always fall flat yeah oh yeah. oh man that one stung more than usual
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we, everybody's fine the base is covered nobody will ever get there again unless you know global warming and so uh, uh stone is there with quick strike and he's like man respect now we, we we know you're part of the team yeah and then they like predator handshake or something
2: and yeah he's like he was like uh I completed the mission. What did you expect? And there's like a weird pause. Oh yeah. Uh actually, you know what? Here.
1: I just completed the mission, man. what do you expect? Uh well, I uh I just wanted to say good job.
2: Uh, yeah. first off, that mon there was really egregious. <laughs> <One> <laughs> second, I feel like um stone or whatever uh had a masturbation joke in mind and it was like yeah, oh, um mm, I just want to say good job.
3: I just want to say good
2: He just thought it through in his head. I was like, you know, no, I don't need to. You flip it, the it, bean
3: it, doesn't even apply here. What am I no,
2: doing? No, this is so weird. I'm like, What? <laughs> good job
3: oh my goodness and, and that's how the episode ends except for the famed psa this particular one stolen from the other Sunbow gi joe <laughs> is is this is the one where the boys are at the skate park and they're having a good time and a no, girl's they're at some
2: weird ass drainage tunnel
3: that's a skate park chan <laughs> is that a skate park that is a skate park that is a thousand percent a skate park because that's Whoa. exactly what skate parks are <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's dark and light. yes, I was afraid alligators would jump out. Jen, that's where the
3: people sell drugs. That's <laughs> what else do you think it's going to look like? Um, so they're at a skate park and they're having a good time. And this girl who's got a skateboard and she's just like, "Hey, can I join you guys?" And they're all just like, "You're a girl, no." And then, and Jesus, the, wh- who was that? Was that ballistic? That was some like gigantic, upsettingly yeah. large GI Joe I masculine the, the guy. Cookie monsters. Also,
4: I don't, rem- I don't remember if this is if this is another one that that they stole from the original. Oh, everyone has been a complete rip. Because then I think I must have brought this up at the time, but the message here is not good. Because the message is no. give, like let her try. She might be awesome as shit she tries she's awesome and then they're like whoa okay like we shouldn't have judged her so fast you shouldn't judge people because they might be awesome so the the lesson here is that mm-hmm. like if you're if you're an outsider or an other you better be fucking amazing because Mm -hmm. otherwise they're they're gonna regret letting you play because they don't say like let everyone play regardless of like who they are or their skill level which would be a good lesson they the lesson (laughs) is let people join you because they might be awesome
2: and then you can exploit them later (laughs)
4: No, and I, I took this to read absolutely the flip
3: side as well, Gina. I'm with you a thousand percent because the less it is, let them give them a chance because they might be awesome. But if they are not, then they are open to your full ridicule.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like, wait and see. They might be good. If they're bad, then you can exclude them.
3: Yeah, then then fuck off. You know, that's fine. We, it's you at least try it
4: in such a terrible way. Also, I feel
2: like this should have ended with uh, the boys going like, uh, oh, my God, she's so good. God damn it, Joe, G.I. Joe. That's why we didn't want her here. Like, now she's going to show us up. We had good reason to exclude her, you son of a bitch.
3: (laughs) We saw her win state championships. We don't want to compete with that personally. (laughs) It's too much. Ballistic. I don't even know if it was ballistic. That's just the other name I have written down here.
2: I know that the- dude was
3: that dude was upsettingly large, and I think what happened was the way they portrayed him on screen when he first showed up. He was like the entirety of the screen. Yeah, really I don't like that we upsetting. haven't
4: seen him before either.
3: I mean, he, we must have seen him at some point in that episode one. We saw like literally everybody in the series, but yeah, he hasn't really played a factor up to this point. I, I can't believe we haven't seen him though. You think? Uh,
2: like, I do not recognize that voice. And remember.
4: Judge people till you give them a chance. That's, That's like 50% Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't recognize that, dude. Also, again, the wording, don't judge people until you give them a chance. Then Once you give them the a chance, shit. then you can judge them. Oh, mm. a thousand percent. Then be merciless in yeah.
2: your scrutiny. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a great life lesson. I think I personally learned that life lesson from G.I. Joe, and it held me back a long time. not gonna lie uh, it was problematic to say the least and that is episode three of gi joe point of honor guys i this was an okay episode this was better than pretty much anything for the most part like most deke episodes so i'm happy uh we did take a step back from the first two but not you know not enough to get upset about
2: yeah it is it is watchable yeah, uh, which I can't say for most of Deeks. So.
3: And if they can keep up this level for an entire two seasons, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be just fine. Yeah, I same, will. I same. will be great. I will feel good about this.
2: I will continue questioning my life choices that brought me to this point. <laughs> but you know,
3: but it could be worse. You've suffered through the worse. I say, not knowing what all lies ahead. <laughs> the worst
4: just... is behind us.
3: Yeah, we still got 26 episodes of G.I. Joe Sigma Six to worry about after this, so <laughs> Whew, we, I have no idea what that even is, and I'm excited to be a part of it.
2: That makes one of us.
4: <laughs> no, come on, Gina, you're excited about this. You're a completionist. I'm, I'm a completionist. I will be excited when we are done. <laughs> I take no joy in the actual completing.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
4: Yeah, no, that that, that tracks. That feels right.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that's our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can do with us. You can go to uh, facebook.com. That sounded terrible. Facebook.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: you can flick your bean with us. <laughs> uh, men or women, just have at it. You know? just have
3: at your bean. Uh, facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast. You can check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. I'm going to set up for very very soon. It may have actually already been on the Patreon by the time you hear this. We're going to we're going to do we're going to do some sort of like a weekend recording. We're going to do it like a Saturday afternoon and we're going to get the crew together or at least me and we're going to and we're going to do a gi joe find your fate choose your own adventure book and everybody who's on the patreon can come and help make the decisions of where we go in the story and everybody can get involved and share their thoughts and we're going to do a whole fun episode for everybody and that might be a patreon only episode we might put one of these on the main feed just to see how it goes the world is our oyster everybody we could do whatever the heck we want to do so go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast for five dollars you can be a part of all of this and get in on the next round of stickers. Chan, are you doing season five magnets and stickers?
2: What? What? We still have a bunch of season four.
3: You already sent those away. So now it's time to do season five. No, I we're buy- in a new season. Chan, we need new stickers I, and magnets. I've
2: got to buy like a hundred or 200 at a time.
3: So we need more patrons to send these to obviously. And Chan, you can send more than one per person. I'll go ahead and put that out there. I sent a bunch. Okay. Well, I,
2: I, I sent enough that I didn't have to put an extra stamp on. I'll say that.
3: Oh, fair enough. Ooh. Okay. So <laughs> let's get some season five stuff made then. Come on, everybody. <laughs> you can also go to, we have a, a store on T public. You can go there. Just go to T publicly for knowing is half the podcast and you can buy some of our show merch. We haven't talked about the, t- the t-shirt store in a while. You can get a phone case or a pillow cover or a t-shirt or a different T-shirt. There's a lot of good stuff on this site that you can get with our logos and our fun stuff on it. So why the heck wouldn't you go to tpublic.com and you can go check out Knowing is Half the Podcast Store.
2: Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, the coffee mugs are great. I love my coffee mug. Right. Um, you should definitely get that. Uh, probably most of the merch is uh, pretty good. Uh, I bought a T-shirt for my kid. This is like a toddler size, so, you know, 4T or whatever like that. It's made it through about five wash cycles. Ooh. It is absolutely obliterated. You cannot oh, no. see the decal at all. So you know what? Buy buy the cool merch. Maybe stay away from the shirts.
3: No, here's the maybe that's a youth t-shirt because I bought I bought the larger size version of the same shirt and it's been great. Huh? So maybe they just maybe they expect your kids are gonna grow out of it anyway, so they don't make it as nice. You
2: know what? Children. That could well be. <laughs> uh don't buy the toddler size, everybody.
3: Or do you, Chan? Do you wash it inside out like you're supposed to?
2: What? Why would I do that?
3: Okay, guys, there's your answer.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
3: You wash t-shirts inside out, Chan. That's how you preserve the logos. You yeah. say that
2: like you even Wait. sort your colors from your whites.
4: Do you? Well, you I don't, don't do that. Wash shit nah. inside out, Chan.
2: Uh, honestly, it's been so Uh-oh. long that I've since I've worn a t-shirt because
3: I just wear like button-down yeah, shirts. So you, you wouldn't
2: turn, you wouldn't turn Hawaiian
3: shirts inside out to yeah, wash them. That is not good. really useful. Well, uh, Chad, going forward with T-shirts, I might suggest turn them inside out before washing them, and they might last more than five washes. Uh, yeah. sh-
2: it should not have been that short, regardless of inside or out. I
3: mean, I'm not going to fight that either. But you did say it looks cooler faded, so.
2: That's not what I said. Not even a little bit. I'm
3: pretty sure that's exactly what you said. Anyway, go sure to the you T-Public said Quick Store. kick
2: is the best guy in this I will,
3: GI Joe You got Gina stream. to
4: say it. You're not getting me to say it. God damn it. <laughs>
3: is a wonderful character I'm just gonna I'm just gonna
4: assume it's gonna seep into my consciousness and I'm just gonna forget that that was a bit name and I'm just gonna assume it's oh
3: yes I'm with you sorry (laughs) I'm with I was agreeing with you
4: yeah
2: <laughs> Not try to take over <laughs> no i'm pretty sure gina just got the the uh home intruder finally got to her and that's <laughs> finally she quiet. finally here gina blink twice
3: if shit that doesn't work here <laughs> oh no
1: oh dear. I've been,
4: i'm gonna here here's a, a look at how the sausage is made i've been doing this whole podcast with one eye closed because right before we started i had a problem with my contact and oh i and i goodness. like think i might have scratched my eye or something Jeez. so i had to take it out but i'm so i'm i'm so blind and that's not yeah. that's not hyperbole i'm legally blind mm-hmm. that I, like i can't leave my eye open when i don't have a contact lens in it so i had to close it so that my one eye with the contact so i'm out of sorts
3: you know, as Metallica once said, "Podcast with one, I hope in. Oh God,
2: no! That's a, that's a thing, no. They said, they said that, no.
3: It was in the liner notes,
2: no.
4: I wish. How long until this home intruder kills me? <laughs> You this is what you Twitter. get for
2: trying to do two <laughs> podcasts in a row, Gina. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Stop doing other shows, even if they're wonderful, like uh, you guys the last <laughs> movie Marathon featuring Alex Logan.
4: You guys do two podcasts in a row all the time.
2: We used to do made like three, four podcasts in a row. And... Yeah, we're built for it. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also true. Look at me. I've got a real low center of gravity. I'm here. <laughs> I'm I'm angled and properly just like leaning into this microphone. It's just Guys, how I'm built. I can settle into a chair and stay
3: here for like 15 hours. Like I'm yeah. a gamer. Like, what are we talking about mm-hmm. right now? <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at GI Joe podcast. But individually, I am at Almighty Ray
2: at 999 RPMs.
3: I'm at Gina Ippi And we have to get out of here so Gina can fix her eye. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> we don't just so... to turn it into what is a bird box?
3: What was that movie <laughs>
2: where they were blind? Oh,
3: shit. I just want you to see. I would be so good at
4: that because I'm used to not seeing crap true
3: you'd be the sole survivor in Bird Box purely because you can't see shit
4: yeah I'd just take my contacts in and that like whatever that dark like shadow monster thing would be like right in front of me and he would be like (laughs) and I'd be like yeah I can hear you dude I can't see shit (laughs)
3: the monster's just like Gina don't you want to kill yourself you're like often
4: but I'm not going to right now yeah yeah I'd be like... I'm going to put a on my finest suit first, monster. Also, like, there's there's lots of snacks laying around for the taking, sir. <laughs> so why would I why would I end my life before I sample all the free snacks?
3: Good point. <laughs> you know, think of all the Japanese Kit Kats that would be available.
4: Oh, yeah.
2: Wouldn't you have to get to Japan for those?
4: No, you go to the mall that has the mini-so in it and the other-so. <laughs>
2: The next needle pulling thread is that what you were <laughs> thinking of?
4: We're coming back with
3: Street Fighter next week on the show as we as we continue on the four part escapade of crossing universes with Mortal Kombat because that's where we are in life. <laughs> so I really wish they then, had
2: called it Crossing Universes, just like some weird ass Lee Pace type. Um, I loved it. Fantasy drama.
3: All right, we're lingering now. Goodbye.
0: Situation critical. Roll call! It's me. Ballistic! Harpoon! Lady! Watch Rider! Dodge is
3: damaged! Quick sight! Metalhead. Right! Lieutenant Stone! The odds are a million to one. And that's the way we like it!
0: Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Brentfist with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. Or I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast? Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get Inside Hollywood info, like, how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates, like, when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade, listen up, because breakfast is the most Delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope. Available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices.